Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Matt Connor Whiteley, bringing you psychology news and easy to understand and engaging psychology facts. For more information and the backlist episode show notes and more information on psychology topics, please go to connorwhiteley.net and I hope you enjoy the show. everyone and welcome to episode 19 of Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Whiteley. Today's episode is on attachment because we're starting our developmental psychology route. route. But first of all, I'll just quickly mention what developmental psychology is because I sort of um, forgot to mention it in the uh, content section of the episode. So developmental psychology is uh, quite simply the uh, study of how children develop over time, and this includes physically and psychologically. So moving on to the psychology news section of uh, today's episode. So it'll be quite short, uh, be quite short because it's been, oh, I was about to say it's been quite a quiet week, but there was an interesting toilet psychology study, but it was really interesting. So if you go on, if you go to, at Sci-Fi Whiteley uh, um, on Twitter, I'll share the article, and yeah, it was um, interesting, but I had no idea how to put it into notes to put it in the podcast, so sorry about that. So, but the two studies that I did get is that one of them was talking about the best ways to um, revise, so if you, it's like if you yourself need to revise for a test or anything, or maybe your son, daughter, or whoever... Yeah, um, niece and nephew, um, grandson, granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, but it's like list. Yeah, but it's like list of them all. Yes, is that um making up questions and testing yourself is the best way to revise. To revise, and this is very true because the way how memory works, in a very oversimplified words, in very oversimplified words, well, words is that when our is when information is in the long term memory. In order for it to be retrieved, you need to form a memory trace. Yeah, God, I'm really over. I'm really oversimplifying that. And yes, yeah, that. And the better this memory trace is, or the more active it is, the easier it is to retrieve the information. So the easier it is to remember. So if you keep testing yourself, and if you keep retrieving this information instead of just reading it. Just reading your notes, then you're then you're much more likely to remember it, because this memory trace will become a lot more active. The only problem with this is that it does require a bit more effort, which I know as a student, sometimes, especially when it's a topic you really don't like, it takes a lot of effort. But just remember, this is for your education, and this is for your future. At least that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> okay, so another one is that. Oh, yes, is that when you on a social media and you're and you're scrolling through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, um, Snapchat. I, I don't know what other social media is because I only use. I don't know because I only use social. Well, I only use Twitter and Pinterest for all for marketing, and then well, officially, yeah, Facebook is for personal use, but I don't really use it at all. 
at all. Anyway, then, oh, anyway, and then when you see a picture of your friend eating healthy or unhealthily, why well, that is much more likely to impact your diet because when you see that your friend's eating a nice, healthy, I don't know, vegan burger with 100 calories, I really don't know. Um, yes, yeah, so is that you? Is that you yourself are much more likely to eat healthy because you want to like fit in, fit in. So that's interesting, and it does show that social media can be used for good, for good. But of course, lots of people don't. People, lots of people don't always use it for good. Good. So that's enough. Of the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. Moving on to the personal update. Well, as you know from last week, London Book Fair got cancelled because of the coronavirus. It's been a very odd week. But first of all, I did just want to say that I know tons of stuff has happened about the coronavirus. And I know this is a very international podcast and I'm so grateful for all of you. So I just want to say that if anyone you know has the coronavirus or if you're concerned then my heart's go out for you and I really just want you to all be careful and please just take care because, yeah, because, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know how to put it because the coronavirus is really severe and I don't want anyone to get, basically just please, please, please be careful, be careful and, yes, and also, I don't know how to put it into words to be honest because basically just please be careful. Wow, that was really awkward. That was really awkward, me trying to be caring a bit. <laughs> okay, but basically, but basically, thank you for investing your time into this podcast to, to listen to me ramble on for these past 19 episodes. So, so please just be careful and we will all get through the coronavirus together. together. So it's been a very odd week and the coronavirus has continued to plague my life because... And was a really interesting event on blockchain and business got cancelled at my university because the speaker pulled it over coronavirus fears. So I'm not exactly impressed with the coronavirus. But anyway, but yeah, but anyway, enough of the coronavirus talk. Talk because to be honest, I heard so much of it yesterday. I just sort of like had enough of it. Yes, but it is becoming very serious in the UK. Yeah, so like I myself am taking a few preparations. Like eating more fruit, yeah, and just washing your hands. That's the main one. So enough of coronavirus talk. Talk. So last week, my human branding got um got um got published and everything, which I was very happy with. I'm happy with. So that's now out, out and yes, and so human branding. I've actually started to do a a podcast episode on on like or on like in the future because. Because I'm so passionate about it, and there's a lot of psychology behind it, so it'd be interesting if you. But also, I want to, I want to very ambitiously, do an article for the British Psychological Society's um, Psych Talk, which is the student-run magazine. So I want to try and get published in that. So, so it's ambitious, and to be honest, even if they reject my article, my article, then um, well, then yeah, I'll just use it for my own abuses because I ha- was I have a blog I have a podcast for all of you wonderful listeners so I'll be fine <laughs> yeah and then what else yes so I am now a was 
Yeah, because I'm now a human branding consultant and speaker, and, and, and speaker. So if you want to, yes. So I'll do every like pitch and pitch. Yes, like if you want to make your yes, so like if you're a business owner, author, or other creative, and you want to make your brand more human, so people can connect with you, and learn to know, like, and trust you, as we do business with people who we know, like, and trust then you can hire me yeah, as a consultant. And if you go to connorwhitely.net forward slash author services, then you can find out about how to book me. And uh, and if you're a podcast cast listener, but like just to tell me when you email me and say the word and just have the subject line podcast, then I'll give you a consulting session for $49 from $49. Yes, some um yes, um, that's that and I'm really looking forward to it. To it. Um so oh and in other personal news, Garo Mistress of Blood has been planned. I planned it last night. Very happy with that. It's definitely a bit different in terms of book because it's about a plague. Yeah, um yeah, it sort of is it's sort of been influenced by the coronavirus of sorts. Of sorts, but to be honest, it isn't really because it's all about the undead plague and the other stuff that's in my sci fi fantasy Garo universe. So I am looking forward to writing it because, yeah, to be honest, it's not influenced by the coronavirus at all. To be honest, because there's actually nothing about it, nothing even remotely about it. I don't know why I, 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 I don't know why I said that. It's early morning when I'm recording this. <laughs> Yes, um, and then, yep, and then the only other thing that I would want to say is, say, um, saying is, is that I have over 120 pages of, or oh, 120 sheets of A4 notes, of A4 paper notes to type up uh, for my lecture so, so I can start working on my psychology second editions in April and May, so, um, that's taken a little while, but it's actually really interesting typing up my notes because, you get to learn things that you sort of like forgot about since your lectures. So it's really interesting to like read a capital and and that and it's like that and it's a provision. So it's interesting. So let's move on to the attachment content part of the episode. Wow, that's bad. Um, so let's move on. So moving on to the content part of the episode, we're now going to talk about attachment. Now attachment I do like because I'm because the notes I'm reading from for my first edition developmental psychology book, but at a, a few weeks ago at the time of recording, I had a another uh, um, attachment lecture at my university. So there's definitely a lot more to add in the second edition. So this will just be um, a very brief introduction. And so attachment refers to the emotional bond between the child and the caregiver, also known as your parent or carer. Or like if you wanted to create a universal definition that isn't just to do with development, then you would say that attachment refers to the emotional bond between the child and another person. That represents itself as being calm in their presence and distressed but not in their presence. So basically, when you're attached to someone, you're really calm in their presence. And yeah, but if yeah, but if you're not with their presence, such as if you're not with your parent or carer, then you become a bit distressed. So Harlow was a famous researcher who did most of the work on um, attachment with Barlow, Bowley, Barlow, 
one of the two. But I think it's a Bowley. I think that's how you say it. So a Harlow formed the biological basis of attachment. So he was a researcher who wanted to find out the biological explanation for attachment. And he conducted two um, interesting experiments, to say the least. The first experiment found that attachment is uh, driven by the contact comfort and not the satisfaction of a, of a basic need. Because before, Bo, because before Harlow's work, the main idea was attachment is a formed, is a formed because that person form, that person fulfills your basic needs, which I have, which I automatically have a problem with because kidnappers who feed and look after their victims, their victims, the chance of that person forming an attachment to their kidnapper is very small. So therefore, it's obvious that as a yeah, but like obviously attachment is more than basic needs, as this study found out. And then the second experiment is a detailed below. Gotcha, like you but I can tell that I'm reading from my notes. Harlow nineteen fifty-eight. Baby monkeys were placed um, in a room filled with toys to play with. Interacting with a rich environment is important to cognitive development. In three conditions, the monkeys were left in the room alone, with a mother made from wire or a mother made from cloth. Already, it's very questionable in terms of ethics. The result shows that the monkeys explored the environment more with the mother cloth as they used it as a secure base, while the other two conditions were much more... Whilst in the other two conditions, the monkeys were much more likely to freeze or go into the corner and cry. Poor monkeys. And if you ever see the video on YouTube, yeah, but it's not for the faint of heart. I'll just say that. I'll just say that. If this is a study, yeah, but like this study shows though that in attachment, children use children use their attachment figure as a secure base to like explore the environment from because they know that as long as the attachment figure is there, then they'll be safe. So moving on to critical thinking, this is an effective experiment to test the hypothesis of this this increases the internal validity yes i suppose if you use an effective method but then you're more likely to get effective results that actually show what you're meant to what you whatever like what you want but the limitation here is besides from the ethics we'll ignore the many ethical concerns here is that applying the results to humans is a bit more difficult because you've always got the classical argument saying but animals are different to us, so could these be unique to monkeys? Personally, I think no. I think this very much applies to humans. But it's just something to think about when you're thinking, when you're critically thinking about studies. So that's something to think about. And then John Bowley, so moving on from Harlow now, now was the first researcher to formulate a theory about why attachment occurs. So his theory includes two components. Attachment behaviour system, referring to the pre-programmed instincts we have that biology encoded to, into us. So basically when we're born, we're born with these instincts. These instincts are behaviours that occur in response to certain environmental triggers. And then you've also got the internal working model, which refers to the psychological aspect of attachment. This includes beliefs about the self, the caregiver, as well as the relationship between the caregiver. 
So one example of this is that uh, is that we're meant to believe that we're meant to have a good, caring, strong relationship with the caregiver, with the caregiver. And if this happens, then we develop the secure attachment style, which I'll talk more about in the future. But if we don't, for example, if yes, yeah, so if we don't develop this bond with the caregiver, for example, if they're a bit distant, a bit withdrawn from us, or they simply don't care about us then we're much more likely to develop um, avoidant attachment styles. So we avoid them, and to be honest, we don't care if they're in the room or not. The coach is very interesting when it comes to that, because in my second edition, I'm going to talk about cross-cultural development. And I'll probably talk about it on the podcast at some point, because it was a really interesting lecture. So one last thing. Bowley believed that the internal working model is formed in early childhood, and influences future relationships. Now, for example, if you, it's like if your caregivers constantly neglect you despite you trying your best to get their attention, this could lead to the development of feelings of worthlessness, possibly affecting your future relationships, as you could always be trying to improve you to, to prove yourself worthy to them, to them, to them. And this also has the risk of you becoming an, an attention seeker. And I've met tons, tons in my time, and nobody ever likes them. So that's a shame. So that's a very quick overview of um, of attachment. And if you want to learn more about developmental psychology, then please head over to connorwhiteley.net forward slash developmental psychology. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found it useful and engaging. Well, like if you want the show notes, backlist episodes, and more information on psychology on psychological topics, please check out connorwhitely.net. And if you want to get a free book as well as other news about writing and psychology, then please check out. Yeah, but then please sign up for my newsletter at connorwhitely.net. Have a great week, everyone.